Praise the Lord. I'll tell you, the greatest privilege of my life is to get to teach the Word, and I thank you for listening. Um, I say it often that it's really great when somebody comes to hear you teach the Word, but when they come the second time, wow. That's an awesome thing. The Word is truly alive. It truly, it contains the power to do what it says. The power is in it. And I release that power by simply believing it. Now, it helps me when I say what it says. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And when I say it, I really hear it. And so we, we, we know that. I was watching the news one time, and, and, and it frustrated me. Have you ever watched the news and been frustrated? Um, if you haven't, you haven't watched the news. That's why and, I don't watch the news. And, in the, and, in, and when I was watching it, they were, talking, they were talking about people who have lifestyles that are contrary to the Word, and they were talking about that they were normal, and the media seemed to be praising these people who defied the Word of God as what they call champions of liberty. Champions of liberty. It, it frustrated me. And so the Lord, you know how he does, he says, why is that bothering you? Well, I'm thinking he didn't understand what they said. <laughs> and, so, and so I began to explain to him what was going on. And I'm thinking that that, that, that should bother him too, you know. And, and, and he, told me, he told me, he said, he said, you're just focused in the wrong place. You're focused on the wrong thing. And he began to direct my prayer. He reminded me Romans 5.20 says this. It says, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That verse literally says this. Where sin is made abundantly, grace is made super abundantly. Grace is made super abundantly. I'm telling you, there is so much going on out there in the world. We need to get a revelation that grace is being made super abundantly. Amen. Somebody's texting me, and I'm going to turn my phone off. <laughs> it's not any of you, is it? Are you texting me? This is probably my wife. She's saying, I know, I know, she's saying, she's saying, get on with it. Okay. Grace, grace is abounding super abundantly. The scripture says, and God is able to make grace super abundantly abound towards you. We need that kind of grace. We need to walk in this thing called grace. We cannot rely on the system of the world. We must rely on the Word of God. The system of the world, or the arm of the flesh, according to Jeremiah 17, <clears throat> excuse me, brings a curse. But when we trust in the Lord, that brings His blessing into our lives. I was meditating this week, and you know, you never know how you get places, but I was meditating in these verses of Scripture. before. As I get to this message, I, I want to just share this with you. The Lord showed me something really great this week. He shows me stuff all the time, just like he does you. But it says, the Bible says in Acts 13, 1 and 2, it says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaen, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. 
Now, this is what really got my attention. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work wherein to have called them. As they ministered to the Lord, the Holy Ghost said. Now, apparently they had been there for a while because they ministered to the Lord and fasted. So they, they, they were there at least long enough to miss one meal, at least. Okay, because you got to miss one meal. Some of us think between breakfast and lunch we're fasting. But, but you got, you got to miss a meal to be fasting. So they had been there a while, but it says they ministered to the Lord and fasted. What does that mean? They ministered to the Lord. The word ministered here literally means to serve at one's own cost. It means to serve without getting paid. To minister to the Lord then is not about me, it's about Him. How often do we go to prayer and all we do is remind God of our problems? I heard, I think I've said this to you before, I heard a preacher one time say, that he was going to God, he was telling about all the bad stuff that was going on. And God asked him, he said, what are you doing? And he was offended. He said, well, I'm praying. And God said, no, you're not. You're just reporting to me what the devil is doing. <laughs> That's not prayer. Prayer is different than that. We do need to pray about things that are going on in our lives. But to minister to the Lord is to focus upon him and how good he is. And how wonderful he is. That's ministering to the Lord. Well, they've been doing that. And as they ministered to the Lord, what happened? He spoke to them. He gave clear, concise direction. He spoke to them. That's really something there. And then, and then he sends out Paul and Barnabas. Now, a committee didn't send them out. The Holy Spirit did. He sent them out. Well, so that led me to another passage of Scripture. Again, I don't know how I get to these places, but this is what the Bible says in Acts chapter 3. It says, But those things which God before had shown by the mouth of his prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Now that's, that's Acts chapter 3, verses 18, 19, and 20. Verse 18 tells me about the past. It says, it talks about those things which God had shown by his prophets that Christ should suffer, he had fulfilled. Verse 20 talks about the future, and he shall send Jesus Christ. It's talking about the rapture. Verse 19 is a verse that has actually puzzled me before. And so I had a conversation with the Lord about it. This, here's what it says. It says, repent ye therefore. If, if 18 is about the past, 20 is about the future, 19 is about now. Wouldn't that make sense to you? Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. What is that talking about? Let's think about it for a minute. The word repent is the Greek word metanoia. It's from two Greek words, meta and noia, which means to change your mind. That's what repentance is, is to change the way you think. 
In the present time, we need to change the way we think. And then it says, and be converted. The word converted means and return. It says, change your mind. In the present day, change your mind and return. And this is where it got, this is where the Lord had to help me. That your sins may be blotted out. The word that is the Greek word ice. E-I-S is how we put it in English. Ice. And this word is the same word in Acts chapter 2 when, when the apostle tells, tells him to repent and be baptized. And it says for the remission of your sins. Well, this word doesn't mean that or for. It literally means with a view to something else, because of something else. Here's what this verse is saying. It says, change the way you think, therefore, and return to God with a view to the fact that your sins have been blotted out. That's what the word is telling us here. He's talking to Christians and he says that we are to change, the, in the present time, change the way we think. The church is so sin conscious. The devil has craftily come and told us how rotten we are. Hadn't he? He's told you how much you've sinned, how much you've missed it, how bad you are, and that there's no hope for you because you're just such a terrible person. I mean, that's just what he does. He's a liar, the Bible says. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's the deceiver. And he comes and he tells us how rotten we are. The scripture tells us here, change the way you think. Return to this place so that you return to God with a view to the fact your sins are already blotted out by the blood of Jesus. That's how Christians have to live today. Now, I love this next part. It says, when the times of refreshing, the times, the word times is a, a fixed or set time. It's talking about a time that God is setting. It says, so that, the word when here means so that. Here's what it says. Change the way you think. Return to God with a view to the fact your sins are blotted out. So that the set time of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. I have an appointment, and so do you, with refreshing. I think we need some refreshing. I think we need the refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. We, there's a set time, and that is when we begin to focus on Him, focus on the fact that my sins have already been blotted out, that God is not holding me guilty because the blood of Jesus has already paid for it, and, and I can come into His presence based on that fact. Times of refreshing. The word refreshing literally means revival. Times of revival. Times that God has us. Listen, tonight we're going to talk about great grace. And if I get far enough, I don't know if I will. But we're going to talk about the presence and what that has to do with grace. You understand the presence of God is not defined according to physical awareness. Right? I mean, well, even the presence of people isn't, isn't, isn't always physical awareness. I've been in a room before, and I've been there, and I know that somebody's there without ever seeing them. 
Because you just sense the presence sometimes. Well, the presence of God is there. And, and the way we, we know this, this one, is it's spiritually discerned and it's exercised by spending time with him. As we take time with God, we become aware of his presence. This is ministering to the Lord. Spending time with him. Waiting on him. Worshiping him. And this is what I know about his presence. His presence is life. He's the source of life. The Bible says Jesus, it says, and, and, and he is life, and that life is the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of life. His presence is full of life. And as we get in his presence, we get refreshing. Sometimes we think we get refreshing by just sitting and doing nothing. There's something about his presence that brings life to us. And we leave the presence of God, we are refreshed rather than drained. Our society, we, 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 have, we, we are plagued by what professionals call chronic fatigue. And yet people have more leisure time today than at any other time in the human history. They're chronically fatigued. We have this idea that watching TV is refreshing. Or that, or that getting on social media is refreshing. Doing internet searches is refreshing because I'm sitting here doing nothing. Or watching YouTube is refreshing. Listen, those things may or may not be refreshing because if there is no life in them, there is no refreshing in them. We watch things that drain us emotionally, yeah. that drain us spiritually. And there's no refreshing, there's no rest. And yet you can take the Word of God or a great book from a man or woman of God and you can read it and you put it down and you are refreshed because there's life in it. The Lord said something to me. He said, we need to stop doing the things that drain our souls. He said, he said stop the draining and do the sustaining. <clears throat> Begin to be refreshed. Allow the Lord to bring that to us. And that has a lot to do with grace. And if I get that far, then I'll try to connect the two. Now here's our text. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and, and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. I really like that verse. First of all, let's know in verse 14, Jesus was full of what? Grace and truth. Verse 16 says, Of his fullness, what he was full of, is what we can have. Grace and truth. We're focusing on grace. The Amplified Bible says verse 16 this way. For out of his fullness, abundance, we have all received and all had a share and were all supplied with. I love this. One grace after another. And spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Even favor upon favor. And gift heaped upon gift. Mm -hmm. Out of what he's full of. 
we have already been supplied with. Oh, it's already there. It's already ours. Don't you just love the word? It's referring to layers of grace. One grace after another. One piled on the other. We ought to be going from one layer of grace to another layer of grace. There's more than just grace to get born again. There's grace for healing. There's grace for deliverance. Grace for recovery. There's grace for whatever I'm facing in my life. Another layer of grace. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.8, we read this last week, for by grace are you saved. Most, a lot of people stop right there. We're saved by grace. That in where it ends, there's not a period yet. There's not even a comma yet. For by grace are you saved through faith. Not of works, not that, and that not of yourself, it's the gift of God. We are saved by grace through faith. Grace comes from God only from God. I can't earn it. I can't make it happen. It comes from God. God is pouring out his grace, but I have to receive it by faith. You can't get saved just by grace. You got to believe something. Isn't that right? The scripture says that with the mouth, we, we have to speak, we have to hear, we have to speak. And we have to believe it. We believe in our heart. We speak with our mouth. We have to hear something. The word faith is a Greek word, pistis, which means to give absolute credence to someone or something. To be sold out on something. We are saved. The word saved, it doesn't mean born again here. It means delivered, rescued, made well, made whole. Or healed. Okay, the word is sozo in the Greek. We, it's not talking about the new birth. It's talking about the deliverance that God brings to us. We have to be sold out on the fact that what God said is true. And that when Jesus died on the cross, he was buried. He rose the third day and he seated at the right hand of the Father. And that he ever is living to make intercession for me. And that all I have to do is believe that. And I get to go to heaven too. Uh, it's It's a simple gospel. I love this. Genesis chapter 15, 6 says, And he, talking about Abraham, believed the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Righteousness doesn't come from me doing right. It comes because I believe God. Because I'll never get good enough to do enough righteous things for that to happen. Faith receives what grace provides. God is pouring out grace. I'm telling you tonight, there's enough grace coming to this room. To heal every disease, to deliver from every oppression. The question isn't, will God? The question is, will we receive it? Amen. Will we just believe it? Okay, now I don't understand everything about what I just said, but I know it's true. <laughs> you know, I say stuff sometimes, and I think, man, that is really good. I don't know how to get there yet, but I'm, I'm working on that because the Word of God is true. And the grace is present. And faith just has to receive that. Many people, when we talk about grace, and I told this last week, many people think the definition of grace is this. They think it is God's unearned kindness toward us in forgiving us of our sins. Well, that's a definition of mercy, not grace. Mercy and grace are two different things. 
His mercy is new every morning. Grace is always there. Grace, grace, the, the, the word is, is charis in the Greek, and it, it literally means favor. God's favor. When you got born again, God just did you a favor. We talked last week about his favorite. And we can be his favorites. He saved me. It was a favor to me. <coughs> Out of his goodness, he did a favor for me. When you favor for somebody, you treat them a special way. He favors anybody who will receive the grace. He loves it when you take a big hunk of the grace into your life. Grace. So it's favor. We're saved by his favor. We live by his favor. I mean, we not only have favor, but it's the will of God to have more and more of it in our lives. The purpose of faith is to get grace. Right, so we're going to look at more of, of this subject of grace as we go here. Last week we saw that we are highly favored. Extremely graced is what that was talking about. Right? In other words, there are levels of grace that we need to have. We are his favorite. So let's look tonight at Acts chapter 4. I'm going to begin reading in verse 29. Now, but what happened before this is that the apostles were beaten because uh, uh, they, they were healing people in the name of Jesus. Right? I mean, they got beaten because the, 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 the Sanhedrin, they did not like them preaching in the name of Jesus. And most of all, they didn't want people getting healed in the name of Jesus. And so they're praying about this. It says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant to thy servants that with all boldness we may speak thy word. They just got whipped for speaking the word. And they're saying, Give us boldness to speak your word some more. <laughs> I mean, that's almost like when you pledge a fraternity and they whacked you and they said, Thank you, sir, give me another. They're just asking for more of it. It says, He said, He said, With all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal. That's what they were in trouble for. The government said, shut up. And they said, no, you shut up. We're going to preach the word. And we're going to see the hand of God heal. I really like this. They, these guys were, were something else. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which they possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Now listen to this. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the, of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according to his need. Now, I want us to take notice of something. No one lacked anything. They took care of each other. No one taxed them to do it either. They didn't make anybody do anything. They loved one another. They cared for one another. And they took care of one another. And that, that's, that, that's what they did. It says there was great grace upon them all. Great grace. Not just regular grace. It was great grace. The word great here in the Greek is the word megas. Which means big. There was big grace on these people. It was upon the apostles. No, it was upon all of them. Everybody in the church 
had great grace. Listen, there needs to be a release of great grace on all of us. Second Peter 3.18, we read this last week. It says, but grow in grace. Grow in grace. Here's, we, have, we have this idea that grace is this, this mystical, uh, ethereal stuff that just floats down. And if you're standing in the right place at the right time, it lands on you. And there's nothing you can do about it. This says that they had great grace, but they were supposed to grow in grace. The word grow means enlarge. We ought to be getting larger where grace is concerned. We ought to be getting bigger. We ought, we, we, listen, most people have stopped at the first layer of grace that gets them born again. But I, there's so much more in the word that grace can be released into our lives. Grace that God wants to give to us. The scripture says in James 4, 6, but he giveth more grace. Not just grace to be born, be born again, but more grace. The, the word more is, is, is an irregular comparison of megas, and it means larger. We need larger grace. We can and should have more grace. Let me ask you a question. What if you had 20% more grace? How would that change your life? What if you had... 40% more, 50% more. Listen, if you had 50% more grace operating in your life, things that used to be hard would now be easy. I mean, you, they, 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 you, would just, you would just do that. Things you struggled with would no longer be a struggle. If you're operating in this supernatural grace, your future would now be a success. Bondage would be freedom because grace is in your life. Not just to get you to heaven, but to get heaven to and through you. That's what God wants. He wants grace to come into my life so that it can get through my life. And that others can be set free. Man, we could do a lot with more grace. See, the Holy Spirit, He wants to come and bring us grace. Now, here's what I want to get to tonight. I want you to look in Exodus, if you have a Bible. Exodus chapter 33. A lot of verses here. Verse 1 says this. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt. I love this. The Lord says, I want you to go, you and the people which you brought up out of Egypt. God said, they're not mine anymore, they're yours. <laughs> Later Moses says, they're not mine either, they're yours. <laughs> they, had, they had this ongoing thing about these people. One of them, neither one of them wanted them a lot of the times. And he said, he said I want you to go up to the land which I swear to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, saying unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of thee. For thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. And the people heard these evil tidings. When they heard these evil tidings, they mourned, and no man did put on his ornaments. This is a sad day. God said... I'm going to send an angel, and he'll go, and he'll get you into the land. But I'm not going, because I might kill you. Let's give a few verses, down at verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. He turned again to the camp, but his service Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said to the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know 
whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight. And consider that this nation is thy people. He's just saying, they're not mine, they're yours. And he said, the Lord said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. We just talked about earlier, about his presence and refreshing and rest. The Lord said, my presence will go with you. I'll give you rest. And he said to him, if thy presence, Moses said, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. He said, if you're not going, I'm not going. I want your presence to go with us. Something about this. Remember last week we talked about Noah? He found favor. He found grace. Grace must be found. It comes from God. He gives it freely. We find it as we believe Him. We simply believe Him and we can find it. This channel of faith. Faith's highest purpose is to bring grace into my life. Bring it on the scene to meet whatever I need. Moses said this. This is my paraphrase of the, of the verse. He said, If I found grace in your sight, show me the way so that I can know you and find grace in your sight. If I found grace in your sight, show me the way, because I want another layer of your grace. I want more grace. I want greater grace. And then God says, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. I want you to see something here. Grace is connected to his presence. His presence is connected to his grace. In his presence, there is always grace. The Bible talks about grace being upon us. We read that in, in, in Acts a few minutes ago. Great grace was upon them all. The scripture says that grace that was upon Jesus and that he grew in grace and favor. His presence is on us. His presence is connected to, to, to grace. His presence is evidence of his grace. His grace is evidence of his presence. I'm telling you, this is something wonderful. When you walk through the door and they're saying, no, 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 yes, yes, yes. That's the presence of God. That's the grace of God. And you know God is there. Sometimes we don't recognize it, but his presence and his grace always operate in tandem. I've been in places before where I know they were thinking no, but they said yes. I know that I shouldn't have gotten that. I know it, it shouldn't have happened the way it did, but I know that his grace and his presence were there. He said, I will give you rest. Man, there's no rest for the wicked. But there's rest for us that walk by, by faith and get his grace. A couple more passages of scripture tonight. Psalm chapter 5, verse 11. But let those that put their trust in thee rejoice. We need to be glad if we trust him. Can I tell you how you, to know if you don't trust him? If you're not rejoicing. If you're griping, you don't trust him. Oh, that hurt when I said that. <laughs> 
Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them that love thy name be joyful in thee. We ought to be the happiest people that, that you could find. God is on our side. His presence is with us. His favor is all over us. We ought to be happy because we trust him. Now listen to this, verse 12. For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor or grace. Thou wilt compass him as with a shield. He said this. The word compass means to encircle or to crown. We are encircled by grace. Now if that doesn't make you happy, something wrong with you. We all, we have, his favor is all around us. It's everywhere. I mean, we ought to be joyful in him. We ought to rejoice in him. I mean, he has this plan, and his plan has this grace circling us. We ought to shout and be glad. Woohoo! Isn't that good? He said that. Listen, the force field didn't originate with Star Trek. God has this force of grace that encircles you. It encircles me. It has come upon us and it is around us and it's there for us. I mean, his plan is bigger than the American dream. I mean, his plan is bigger than a house, a car, a dog, and a Frisbee. It's big. <laughs> it's a big plan. He, listen, this plan is for all of us that heed the kingdom and receive by faith this grace that surrounds us. I mean, we ought to be the happiest people. You know, some of us are getting too old to dance a whole lot, but we ought to dance with what we can. <laughs> you know, we can still pat, tap the foot. You know, we can still do that. <laughs> we, you know, we ought to rejoice. We should be the happiest people. I love this Psalm 1611 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand are pleasures evermore. I mean, there in his presence, there's fullness, not, not some joy, fullness of joy. I wake up sometimes, and I, I can understand why David said, what's wrong with you, soul? When I get to when I, when I was praying this morning, I, I said, soul, what is wrong with you? In his presence is fullness of joy. I need to be rejoicing in him. Fullness of joy. The Bible says in Psalm 30, verse 5, it says, For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. In his grace is a connection to God. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Verse 7 says, Lord... By thy loving favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. In his favor is life. The scripture says, choose life. We choose this. We find grace. We choose life. I like this verse. It says, Lord, by thy favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. The Amplified says, by your favor, O Lord, you have established me as a strong mountain. See, with his grace, you're established like a strong mountain. The devil can't push you around. He doesn't get his way anymore. The New Jerusalem Bible says, Your favor, Yahweh, set me on, in, on impregnable heights. The complete Jewish Bible says, When you showed me favor, Adonai, I was firm 
as a mighty mountain. You see, we are people who are encircled with grace. It's all around us. When this grace encircles us, his presence comes upon us, and we stand strong no matter what comes our way. You may be tonight in the throes of a great battle, but I'm here to tell you there is grace to help in the time of need. The Lord spoke to me earlier tonight, and he said, there are those in fear. And he wanted me to tell you this. Fear not. Grace has encircled you. The enemy cannot penetrate it if you will stand your ground by faith. And we're going to say right now, fear, get out of here. In Jesus' name. It has no right. It has no authority over us tonight. Grace. Not just regular grace. Great grace. Growing grace. That is encircling us. Man, if it's around me and it's around you and around you and around you. Man, there's like this tornado of grace in our room. Great grace. Great grace. Father, we thank you tonight for your grace. Lord, I thank you that there are things we don't understand that are happening, but we are confident in you. We are confident tonight that your grace has encircled us. We're confident that your favor cannot be resisted by the devil. He'll never get past it. And we do speak to fear in the name of Jesus. We command you to bow the knee to the name that is above every name that is named, to the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for great grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.